You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, what were we talking about, Sid Talk? Do you mean what was the before, the after the show discussion? Yes. Uh, various things. To begin the discussion, I said I found a list on IMDb of people who are on the X-Files who might surprise you. I went through that list. We sort of diverted off into other things. And then we started talking about... Yeah, look up the list if you did watch the X-Files. Hmm. Look it up on IMDb. List of... Um... It just says, like, a list of people who are on X-Files who might surprise you. You like, will be surprised. Yeah. Michael Bublé's on that list. As a submarine soldier. <laughs> no name or anything. Yeah. Two times. There's all kinds of... And then Strange. we were talking about how you think you can predict what I will find funny. Yes. Which kind of insults me because I don't like to be predictable. And I don't know how you can... And I said to you, how can you say you can predict right a person? I what I said, though, wasn't I? I don't know because I've never seen them. How can yeah. you predict a person who likes Family Guy, American Dad, MASH... Those are the same thing. Family They're not guy the same guy at all. Dad. MASH are not the same thing at all. No, but I know what you like. And I was saying I can predict other things that you'll probably like. And I think you're wrong. And I did use the word probably. I so, bet you would so miss. So don't let me say it and then you say, nope, not that. I bet you would miss 80% of the time. I uh, know, I would. No. <laughs> no. And then we were talking about how you don't necessarily always want to revisit childhood memory things like video games or movies or shows because in grown-up eyes it might ruin the childhood memory yes. the reality of it i don't there's certain video games that i know the memory of it is better than the reality and yes i can play any video game known to man now everything right everything is available there are ones i choose not to just because it like i say to you there's this blurry fuzzy memory of them that is really a kind of a happy place. But you're remembering the feeling of yeah, everything. it more than the thing itself. Everything. And now you think. Yeah. So I think, I think if I sit and play it as a adult, and I'm talking about video games that were from the beginning of video gamedom. They weren't actually great. They were all copies of each other and it was a lot of that. And there were certain ones that I latched onto as a kid. Doesn't mean they were good. It was just that I ones that almost I got. on the level of Pong looking, like little yeah. little eight bit little boxes. And it of, doesn't mean that they were a the little best. walking box with legs going across the screen, and then ahead of what's supposed to be an alligator coming up to grab them, or a thing swinging, and you just yeah. And it doesn't mean that these were the greatest ones of the time because I didn't know. I was just a kid. The ones that I got were the ones that I got. Right. I might have liked the one with the alligator on the box. Doesn't mean it was a good game, but to me. I probably spent weeks and weeks sat in front of it. So, as an adult, when I look and go, oh yeah, Manic Miner was one of the games as, as a kid that I adored. You don't want to go back again. Well, I, I've, I've looked at screenshots, obviously, but I don't want to play it. I don't want to play it because the, it, this, this fuzzy memory of it being the most awesome thing ever and spending a summer just literally... Playing it with my friends, all trying to get scores, you know. Now, it wouldn't be that, would it? It'd be a two-second or a five-minute trip down memory lane. Yeah, I have the same thing with the H.R. Puffin Stuff DVD that we looked at. You know, where I was... You know, my memories of those Saturday mornings 
of H.R. Puff and stuff and Witchy Poo and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff. It was like it was like I had escaped the real world and was there. And I would sit so close to the boxy TV sitting on the floor that it filled my whole vision. And it was like I was I was in it. And I, you know, I was always looking at the backgrounds and the weird painted back, you know, landscapes and stuff. And then when I watched it again, even the Muppet Show to some degree, watched all of that, remember? Season one and, or season one and two, I think. Two and three. I think you've watched one, two and three. That's right. And there's just this, like, I the feeling, it, it doesn't ruin the feeling I had as a kid. It's just that now I see the, you know. You're, you're different. I don't have the patience to watch every single episode just staring at it. Muppet Show, I put on in the background, I was doing other things and would laugh. And I wouldn't whatever. have the patience to spend 30 hours playing Manic right. Minor. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... But I'll play Call of Duty for, th- for days yeah, yeah. and days. I'm just saying it's like... And that game you played last night, which is like a little dude running across the screen. Which we'll mention later, which yeah. actually is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I can... There are certain things that, you know... Anyway. That's I'm not the, sure what the point of that whole conversation was, but just to Maybe it will, uh, in our listeners, <laughs> will maybe have this conversation with themselves and go and play some old things and just with ruin them, it Just by themselves. themselves. Just ruin it for themselves. <laughs> so, uh, it is Saturday, February the 18th. This is uh, the year 2525. Except the exception to that was things like Pac-Man, which you said you can pick up anytime and play anytime. And I, I can watch. You know why? I can pick up a Barbie doll or a Chrissy doll, and I have, I, I'm happy to revisit that moment. It's not ruined at all. And I feel that Pac-Man, reason being is, he's been drip-fed to video gamers Consistently, could it be that it's just good? It, it is just, just good. So it's literally a classic, right? When you mention a classic, it is a classic, that one. Whereas Manic Minor, it's a classic to some people, but it's not really. Centipede, I could get into too. Right, so it is not the year 2525, it's the year 2012. And uh, this is after the show number 211. It's a shame Woo! it's not 100. Do you want me to do... 222 would be a good one. In the year 2525. That was what I was getting at. I know. So, uh, the movie we're looking at this week is Tower Heist. It's a Blu-ray movie. Uh, The year of release for this one is 2011. This is released on Blu-ray on the 21st of February 2012, which will be this Tuesday, if I am correct with my math. Um, It's a Blu-ray disc. Well, Blu-ray combo pack, actually. Digital copy, DVD, and Blu-ray. It's rated PG-13. The tagline to the movie is... Ordinary guys, an extra extraordinary robbery. Um, not not a very good tagline. It's from our friends at Universal, and you're going to tell us what this is about. You're going to synopsisize it. Synopsisize a movie called Tower. Heist. <laughs> yeah, you really don't need to. <laughs> it's a ta- it's a heist in a tower. Although I will I will quickly say it's not a comedy necessarily. Even though that's what I'm no, into it the, no, we, no, let's not have our views on it. it what, what I'm is not it? giving my view on it. Right. I'm saying the genre. It's not my view. I don't. It's not my interpretation of it. It isn't a comedy. It is a story about a group of people who want to. What? What do you say? I'm gonna heist. I'm gonna pull a heist. Yeah. In a big pull top. a heist. I'm gonna, pull, I'm gonna heist this building. Yeah. In a in the tower happens to be a huge. Very fancy, uh, expensive residential place right on Central Park. In real life, it's Trump Tower. Correct. 
So you could, if you've ever seen Trump Tower. I'm surprised you, he didn't want the name of the movie to be Trump Tower. Yeah, Heist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, the that... penthouse holds some sort of treasure and story, and that is what we're going after. All right, so uh, Tower Heist. Do you want to go first on me? You. All right, Tower Heist. Full of big names, let me say. Uh, directed by Brett Ratner, big director. Big budget, I'm assuming. Seemed like it. Um, I would say. Now, my opinion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some, but this is what this is what I thought of during the movie, and uh, it might sound pre-planned because it was because I thought about it during the movie. <laughs> Somebody heisted the comedy from this. Oh my god. <laughs> right? They stole the comedy and what they left was like a hollow shell of an action movie that is not particularly good. Oh dear. I mean, I like a heist movie. I'm not ignoring looking at you. I'm just changing the power setting on there so my screen doesn't go off all the time. I like a heist movie. Um, I really like a heist movie, but I didn't find this to be clever. I saw everything coming a mile away. They they telegraph stuff to you like right at the beginning of the film, and you're like, okay, that's going to happen. Absolutely. Then. Um, and everything that I did think of in my mind was going to did in one way or another. Um, I think a big ensemble cast like this, all trying to all trying to have a part in something, you know. No, in this nobody outshines anybody. They're all really mediocre. In fact, the only person who stands out for me, as I really loved, was Matthew Broderick, and that was only because the character that they wrote for him was literally him. He has this kind of um, aloofness to him. So, like, I liked that. Like in, afraid and kind of uh, yeah, yeah, just just an average ev- dude. Like, whereas everybody else, you know, there were big stereotypes. There was. Eddie Murphy, uh, it's really flat for me. And I, I went in thinking I was going to love it. I mean, the opening few minutes, I was like, okay, this yeah. seems like it could be really cool, you know. The premise and everything, I like The production values are massive, And I like the concept. I, it was different than I thought it would be. The yeah. story of why, you know, everything, yeah. the reason, the motivations it's were different. It's a Robin Hood style thing, again. But in a nice way and topical. I didn't mind that at all. No. I'm predictable, yes, but better than I thought it was Not funny, be. though. For me, no, not really. funny. In fact, like I say, I felt like the comedy had just been removed at some point during <laughs> the production. Um, Is that going to be your tagline? Who heisted the comedy from this Eddie movie? Murphy was trying his hardest, I think, but I, I do, th- me personally think he, uh, his thing is over. To me, it is anyway. I mean, I don't laugh at him. In fact, I can't think of a time I really laughed. I sniggered a little bit over something somebody said. But then there's like mean spirited stuff too, which I didn't feel it felt kind of out of place they'd make fun of a fat woman they um have eddie murphy saying the n-word a few times and just being rude to women like it it, it has that stuff in this pg-13 movie that's actually quite sterile Mm -hmm. there's that stuff like so you for me if you're brett ratner you either go the fully r-rated route and it's and it's completely outrageous or you Take you don't leave that in. You either make it very vanilla or very. And this was trying to be in the middle. How of How do you think they were making fun of the large lady? They, they, to to get her to be um, interested, they got her a big table full of food while they were. It's, it's just ridiculous. There's some ridiculous stuff. And Eddie Murphy loves making jokes out of fat people. I know that he's made whole movies based on the concept of here's a fat person. It's hilarious. In this, it, you know, 
I know they gave her a bit of, like, comeback on them. But the joke was really that she was a fat lady. And that's funny. It's shitty. It's like, it's not funny. It's not, it's not funny. You're such a nice person. I mean, the, the lady who plays is fantastic in the movie where, you know, we've precious. seen it. Precious. Blah, 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 blah. Based on a book by somebody <laughs> yeah. Sapphire. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was a different kind of, it was a real solid kind of thing. This is kind mm. of, sort of like. This is so sure. farcical. It's like, you know, and it's got all the elements that I should have really thought was amazing. Because there's some people in it I really like. I was going to say, I think for you, as I was watching, I even thought, if you plucked out Eddie Murphy's character and you toned down Ben Stiller, or maybe taken No, Ben out. Stiller's actually fine. Ben Stiller just does what he does. Even right? less, though, in this movie, I thought it was good. He actually has, and I said to you about 20 minutes into the movie... For a comedy, this is some pretty heavy shit that they, that because mm-hmm. there's a scene with Ben Stiller that I won't spoil, but it's actually a dramatic scene, not a comedy scene. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect that from this. But then you don't really get any more of that. It kind of goes. To me, I love Affleck. He's my favorite. Um, he, loved him. Yeah, loved him. but mm, no, I thought it was fantastic. There were there were moments he just is totally in it and. He's the funniest to me, and he's not being funny, and yet he plays it in a way I just I loved it. I loved him. But you know, for this, and it's a big ensemble cast. There's a lot of faces here, a lot of faces, a lot of big people who we've known mm-hmm. for years and years. I don't think they work together at all. I don't. It didn't. It, nothing was cohesive to me. And like the actual caper slash heist, it was ridiculous, kind of impossible, and kind of. Ultimately, for me, dull. A little bit dull. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to spoil what happens, but the thing that's happening, I couldn't have cared any less when it started to happen. What I thought, as the whole thing was going down, this this particular view of it, you know, from a distance and you can see it, that's more like the first five minutes of a Mission Impossible movie or something else where that entire caper could have been quickly contained in a very dynamic way in two minutes because it's, do you know what I'm saying? Like a big da-da, and then move on to something else. Whereas this way, you, when you see every little bit of it in the... in the, It's anticlimactic, to be very. honest. Very. And I was expecting some big kind of Mission Impossible... Like, oh, we're going to go into action movie territory at some point. We've got this huge tower. We've got stuff... This big heist going on, this place... I bet, I bet you this is going to be like Die Hard or, you know, some big event is going to take place. Doesn't really do that. I disagree with you because I think it's your perception. Other people are going to watch this and it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, but it really wasn't for me. For you, yeah. But it is a big deal because the thing and the... I mean, yeah, and that's <laughs> and there's a twist. You know, yeah. what you think you're going to get is not what you're going to get. But the twist, to me, ultimately, I saw... Right at the beginning of the film, sure. when, when it's quite obvious, because they're, they're, they're literally telling you. They're telling you it. and Well, I didn't get it, so I'm not... Oh, I, I disagree. Oh, I, I got it as soon as Tia Leone walked into the room and started talking to him about it. Oh, I didn't. I did, and I was like... I thought it was the... Uh... Right? No, I... Because I, I, I thought, well, there it is. I don't usually get things in films, but this one I did. And I was like... It's... And then when it, it does all take place and there's the ending and stuff I, even the ending was just flat for me it was yeah. like so what like i mean yeah yeah it's nice and stuff but no I, I just it had all the elements going for it in fact it looked really good like the budget was obviously high and everything was in place 
but at the end of the day, it didn't work. And some people, some people in it, I don't know where Eddie Murphy fits these these days into things. I don't. I I didn't find him anything in this. Um, I, I wanted I to laugh at him. I wanted to. I disagree because uh, you're hard not to crack anyway in terms of comedy, American comedy. So I don't know if that's a. I don't sit there laughing my head off, but no. there are moments, and so it doesn't mean it's not funny. It just means like I think I, would, I think the most it would raise for me this movie is a smirk, like, and it will be over a comment of something. It's not particularly. In fact, a lot of it I was like literally like, really. I mean, the jokes are really, really kind of lame. basic. Yeah, like like I can imagine not um, belittling the rest of the human race, but in a in a cinema with the average moviegoer all going, yeah, you know, like cheering at some of the inane comments that come out of Eddie Murphy's mouth. Um, well, you must have been focused on it a lot more than me. I don't remember even. I mean, I know his character, and he was like, he's a criminal. He's their criminal that they're picking up off the street kind of guy. And... But then the truth of him isn't that. So that's what made him kind of funny to me. That that's more of a... I mean, the character... I don't know. I th- I just didn't like it. Not just him, either. There was several of them where I was just like... I didn't care for the elevator operator guy. I like the actor guy who does him, but there was seemed it seemed really unimportant. Yeah, I also thought that the... Whatever she's called, the... Um... Gaburni Sibley, or whatever she's called. The large lady. Mm-hmm. To me, she felt like... The character felt like any... It felt to me like they'd already wrote it and then they needed, like, a safe cracker. I agree. And then, and then like, they had to sort of introduce a little bit of her and then just plop her into the movie. To me, it felt like that was an afterthought. I agree. And, and you know, it, it just felt lazy, that, that thing. There was, a, there was quite a few things where I was just... And, you know... Well, we'll get onto the cast in a minute, but... In general, in generally, you can't talk about a movie like this without mentioning the cast because that's what it's all about. Isn't and it's—I it? will say—it's fun because I did giggle a few times. I did like Matthew Broderick guy. I did like Casey Anthony, eh, Affleck. Casey Anthony. Oh my god, Casey Affleck. I did like Ben Stiller. There were moments where I thought he was like—I thought, wow, he's maturing. I really now I want to see another movie with him. Maybe I'd rather less see comedy, a drama. More drama. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I love Taya Leone, and I haven't always, and so I'd love to see another one with her. Of course, I'm a Alan Alda freak because I'm a Mash fan. Then there's the taxi guy who is Judd Hirsch, and he ends up—he's their boss, and I like him, but he was pretty much. I mean, there's not, tons of people, yeah, in, but they really have little to do. But it interested me the whole time, and I did like the premise. It's like a sweet heart. It's got a good heart, like every other Ben Stiller movie ultimately has. And um, I just felt I liked it. I just feel Brett, I enjoyed it, but it felt very average. You know, do you know to me like Brett Ratner? You know, I feel like his movies are kind of like fast food. They're literally empty. You calories. watch them and then go away, and then a year later, you probably remember barely very little about it. You kind of have a good time while you're doing it, like a like a burger, a fast food burger, or whatever it is. It's kind of fun while it lasts, and then it's gone, and then it's gone. It's, you know, when we've seen three more movies over the next few weeks... Yeah. It'll be right in the distance of your mind, Tower Heist. It's not going to stick with you like anything. It just doesn't like. I don't think his movies do. Um, What's a movie that's got, like, nutrition for you, like Tree of Life? That one sticks with well, you, like... Well, I was thinking something on the par of this, like a comedy. 
something that would stick with me. And I don't know necessarily if it's a comedy, but it is a kind of, a little bit. Uh, the Truman Show, Groundhog Day. Right, yeah. Um, there are things that will always stick with you. And they, you know, the kind, you know, Groundhog Day is not... Yeah, yeah. It's you know, fluff. It's a fluffy it's... kind of, but you can rewatch it. You, you can. Yeah. I, have, I know people who think it's the dumbest movie they've ever seen, so, you know. And they might love Tower Heist. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, this... Just the words Tower Heist, I was interested and I saw who was in it and I was like, yeah, that's cool. And you know what? I, the best thing about it to me is Ben Stiller. I really like Ben Stiller. I think he just does Ben Stiller. And I like him in dramatic roles like Greenberg. I thought he was really good. I like him in comedies. Even in Meet the Fockers when he's doing d- dumb kind of slapsticky stuff. I just like him. I, I don't know what it is about him. He's, uh... I, feel, I feel like this... You said the opposite in the past. I thought no? that you don't like Ben Stiller that much. No, I do like him. And when you do like him, it surprises Greenberg yeah. was especially good. I, I, that's a movie that sticks in my mind that I really, really liked. Um, no, I do like him. Uh, you know, I, li- I really love Matthew Broderick, but I don't think he had that much to do in this no, movie. No, he didn't. Either. You know, he just kind of... Some of the funniest lines came out of his mouth, but only I because I was trying to get something from this movie. Right. Like, I had to focus on what I liked. And what I did like was him and Tia Leone... I did like Taylor. She's uh, good. I even liked the guy who I don't know his name. <laughs> the one on the end here. Garbery. No, Sib- no, that's the lady. Oh, Michael Penner. Yeah, Michael Penner. I even liked him. He's the he's the elevator guy that I could, thought we could do without. Um, I mean, the actor I like. The character was one of those afterthoughts. Yeah, but I mean, I we've yeah, got a white he did, he guy. So we've got this guy who's a Latino slash American Indian. We've got Eddie Murphy who proclaims to be the black guy, the criminal guy. We've got the white upper middle East class guy. We've got it's the, literally um, tower lower class stereotype tower heist. Really, right? <laughs> stereotype. Lots of heist. lots of stereotypes <laughs> in here. Like it really is. It's like a cookie cutter film. So let's say they heisted the comedy and replaced it with a bunch of stereotypes. Yep, something like that. That could be the box uh, wording for the box. So um, move on to the cast. We did. I mean, you've been talking so, about Ben Stiller. No, we that was just the movie. So we're moving on to the cast. Uh, ben Stiller plays Josh Kovacs. Um, like I say, uh, Ben Stiller paying, doing Ben Stiller. Yeah, a little bit of a dramatic turn. Not very much. But I would say watch Greenberg if you want to see a dramatic mm-hmm. turn. Um, Eddie Murphy as Slide. Um, dislike. I literally dislike him. Um, Why, exactly? I don't I don't know. Like, when I was younger and I liked Beverly Hills Cop in 48 Hours, there was something charming about him and charismatic. Now, I... I find it like a mean-spirited angle to him. And I just can't shake it anymore. I know what you're saying. You know, there's been movies where he's just... He's got this mean... You know, even so you're applying your opinion of him to Well, this. not really him, just based on his work. I know, so I'm saying. Your opinion of him... Yeah, and he, and he, he doesn't do anything to win me over in this one. Right, By... You know, I know he's supposed to be like a criminal But type. then he's not a hardcore criminal guy, because no. he's harmless. Yes. And so you just think, ugh, whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I would. You know, you know what I'd have done, and I'm not in charge of movies, but I would have, I, I would have nixed Eddie Murphy from this movie, right? And I would replace him with JB Smoove from uh, <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I don't find him funny at all. No, I love that guy, and I would take him 
thousand times over Eddie Murphy. Yeah, so. and I think he's not funny in the, even a tiny bit. Hardly. I could see him in that role, though. And I think it would be better. Disagree. In fact, he is that role almost in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's what it made me think of, but just not as good. So um, we've got Casey Affleck as Charlie. Um, he mumbles a little bit in this movie. Don't know what's going on with that. It's like he's got the Godfather mo- uh, mothballs in his mouth. That's yeah. how he always is. Yeah, I think it's got worse over the years. I disagree. I yeah. always That's always a trait that I find. As long as I was wrong. Yeah, always. Same, the same with uh, Ben. His brother does the same thing. And I like him. I feel like he and Tay Leone, I'd love to see them in a movie together, to be honest. Alan Alder is Arthur Shaw, you know. Um, he makes a good asshole, just like uh, the other guy from... Um, yeah, he's, he's the baddie, let's say. Albert Brooks, you know, where he's... They're yeah. aged, they're... They're old, they're beyond middle aged men now. Actors, well, they're old who men. You've always been sort of they've always sort of been beloved. They play activist characters and the charming underdogs, and then when they play like an asshole, it's really a good and intense because you don't want them to be an asshole. Like you don't want him to be a jerk. Nice yeah, and when he's he's really good at it too because he can. Oh, he just I like Ellen Alda. Matthew Broderick is Mister Fitzhugh. Um, I liked him a lot, only because the character was really off the wall. He was this kind of hopeless kind of guy. I mean, that's how we first meet him. I guess off... I think it was just really dull. No off the wall at all. Not off the wall at all. He's, <laughs> he's like... Um, I like Matthew Broderick's persona. Yeah. I don't know him in real life, but I assume that's what it is. Because even when you see him behind the scenes, he doesn't seem like he's playing anybody. See seems like it's just him like he's dry and he's kind of dry yeah uh what do you call it um deadpan he doesn't really show and in this that's what he does yeah and i enjoyed that so that's why i extrapolated from it and took that um tia leone plays claire denham she's like a um fbi agent uh really like her if michael bay would have made this movie it would have been a supermodel in this movie it's a realistic normal middle-aged woman i like that you don't think she's gorgeous? Yeah, I do, but I mean, she's not um, Rosie Huntington Whiteley or somebody, <laughs> right. you know, like from yeah, she's Transformers. A, she's an experienced FBI agent. Yeah, I liked it though. I mean, she I'm seems just only like a an real idiot would put a young woman in that role. Yeah, well, Michael Bay, you could well, say. Well, there you go. No, she's absolutely drop dead gorgeous and not just gorgeous. But she but just I like. seems not like a. I she's, love watching her. She's attractive, her but she seems. I buy the fact that she's an FBI agent, not some supermodel in a, dr- in a skirt thing. She's super confident the way she moves. She does a drunk scene. And she's scene. funny in this. She does a drunk scene that's funny. And she's also real mouthy, which I like. Like, real, like, tough. You know, I feel like if any of those guys gave her any shit, she would have just punched him in yeah. the nose kind of feeling. I like that. Uh, Michael Penner plays Enrique Devro. Um, he's the elevator guy. I kind of liked him, uh, but his character doesn't have tons to do. No. But I, I just kind of like it, like him. I don't know. I've seen him in before, and I can't say her name. Gaboni Cibdi or something like that. She's Gaboni. the uh, Sapphire girl from the novel in Push, inspired. But I don't know what that whole title is. Um, Odessa, she plays. I thought she. I think she should stay out of stuff like this and go and do some more serious. She doesn't need making like being a butt of a joke. Uh, so to speak you know yeah. it felt to me like that was you know when I say Eddie Murphy seems kind of mean spirited about his comedy that seems like his idea to me her character right 
Like, let's get a very large woman in here so we can... What? I can pretend to fuck her in one scene in a bar. Like it was a deleted scene, though. It was a deleted scene, but... And I'm glad it was deleted. But things like that, like, uh... I don't know. It, it just seems a bit... you got a real bee in your bonnet about this guy, I think. I like that. No, it just seems a bit... We, aren't we past that kind of comedy? Because it's not really funny. It's We're like not. school children comedy, right? School child thing. A lot of comedy's very mean-spirited. It is. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Um, and she was fine, but yeah, it was completely unnecessary. Her character. If her character wasn't in this movie at all, it fine. wouldn't matter. Or if you'd put anybody in that role, it could have yeah, been, any, anybody could have been, been way better, in fact. Yes. I'm and, not being rude, but it would have been way better. Yeah, because it just didn't do anything for it. Um, so it's directed by Brett Ratner, who, you know, love him or hate him, he, he, makes, he makes a lot of movies these days. Um, do you like him? Has well, he done those four or five? No, he's done more than that, but those are his main ones. Most people really hate him. I um, mean, Rush Hour, The Family Man, Red Dragon, X-Men 3. X-Men 3 was my least favorite. X-Men 3 was horrible. In fact, that was one of the things. When Brett Ratner, who was famous for other movies, got hold of X-Men, and, and a lot of the X-Men fans were like, oh no. Famous for other movies, what other ones are you talking about? Rush Hour was his biggest hit, which okay. I kind of like, so... Um, and The Family Man's actually pretty good, too. Right, but when you say famous for other movies that are big and huge and people love them, what else besides Rush Hour? Uh, look at his list. He's made, what, 50 movies? Like right, that. right. I just thought you meant there were, like, some major famous ones that you'd just rattle off the top I, of your Well, I put the most famous ones, you, <laughs> which you just read in the list there. Oh, right. Okay, I guess I don't think of Family Man as a big, huge movie. It's not. It's just one that I liked. Right. Red Dragon, not hugely popular. I'll put other that than in there. I know, I'm saying. I'm just trying to get at what I mean, you Red Dragon. Pe- what people say about that franchise is Red Dragon was the downfall of it. What people say about X Men. franchise? The Hannibal franchise. Silence of the Lambs. Was that a franchise? Well, they're all in the same series, right? There's three, right? This one and Hannibal and. Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, Red Dragon, then the, pre- the one with Julianne Moore. Right? Is that Red Dragon? Yeah, no, that yeah, that's Red Dragon. No, Is that's it? that's Hannibal. Right. There's another one too. There's four of them all together. Okay. What I'm saying is, people say that that he, you know, there's a lot of movies where he's had his hand in the pot, and people have said that's all I'm getting. At. I right. didn't realize it was a franchise, but I know what you're saying. I just thought maybe there were bigger, huger ones that I'm not aware of. But yeah, I see. Prison Break, the TV show, he did one. Rush Hour two. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot. House. Oh, it's a TV movie. Done a lot of uh, movies. What I'm saying is, he's one of those directors who people either like or hate. He's kind of like Michael Bay, right? Some right. people love Michael Bay. Most people hate him, right? And the thing you said, it's like empty calories, and that's a good reason all not to are. like a, a and a director. He's actually done about twenty movies all together. Oh, TV and movies all together. Uh, he's a he's a producer and executive yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway. Um, this didn't do m- much for me to improve my, like, uh, you know, I'm a Brett Ratner fan kind of thing. I don't know about. Because mm. I, I really like... dislike X-Men 3, i got to say. And when you see him behind the scenes, I feel like he's a little bit full of shit. He's a little bit, I don't know, I feel like a cookie cutter kind of guy. There's nothing distinctive or interesting about what he's doing. He's not telling interesting stories, really. I mean, it's this movie about... has all the hallmarks of an interesting story. But I can imagine... What can we do next that's going to sell for millions of dollars and that 
you know, we're going to make a big shitload of money. You know, on paper, this movie sounds like it would be a million... Like, everybody... That people would love this shit. It's mm-hmm. a big, it's an action-packed tower heist with all these famous faces. And Eddie Murphy, you've not seen in a movie like this for a long time. It sounds to me like a winner, right? With Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy. To he me, produced uh, Horrible Bosses. He's yeah. a producer on that. That was good. I liked it. So, um... DVD extras here. This is a Blu-ray disc. It's um, I, I like this nice uh, gold gilted slipcover, but and gold. Oh, there's gold menus on this movie mm-hmm. too, right? Um, I think that is a really boring cover. I think it should have just been a. That's the movie poster. Right. I had a look. So yeah, really the movie poster is literally the tower in the background with the cast stood in front of it. Right. Uh, boring. Yeah. Um. So. Oh. But could me- I make it better? In context, uh, taking something out of the movie, the only thing I could do would be probably ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, maybe not, maybe just put the uh, the horse. But then again, you're ruining it. So. Just put a close-up of Maffrey Broderick's face and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would make it better. Better cover. Then people would think it was Ferris Bueller's Day Off and maybe by accidentally. Uh, you know what? Now that I think about it, there is no better way to do that unless you want, I don't know. You could ruin it. Or just a really cool angled picture of the building itself. At least they don't ruin it by... I'm trying to see if something in the distance is there. No, they've not. They've not done that. Anyway, so um, this is uh, packed with features, funnily enough. And interestingly enough, this seems to what I think occurs, is the movies I dislike have loads of extras, and the ones I want to know more about, because I love them so much, like Drive, there's very few extras. That seems to happen a lot. Why is that? Um, people who make things of high quality don't need to keep explaining it to you. Yeah, it must be. The thing of it, the thing oh. needs to just exist. Let me uh, just say about this though. This is this is high quality. Yep, yep. It's a well-made film. It's got good special effects are fantastic. Yeah, like it's a once well-made... you see the extras, you go, "Holy shit!" It looks really good. Amazing. I mean, direct the way it's um, DP'd and direct is good. It's just the content I'm kind of uh, on the fence about. Like <laughs> well, I like not even the content. It's Eddie Murphy. <laughs> no, not just that. Uh, the heist isn't as interesting as it could have been for me, and I like a good heist. I do. I can. Watch. I said to you, I, I'll watch a movie with people in it I don't even know if it's meant. If it's got a sniff of a heist. I think what I'll you like it. are more more um, hidden secrets inside yes. of heists, where you and. Know, the hallmark of a heist, and they try to explain it in the extras here, is you have to have suspense for a heist, right? That's what makes it interesting. It has to go wrong at some point. Has to. It can't just go right, because that's not going to work, is it? It goes wrong, there's obstacles, there's suspense, and you also don't know how it's going to turn out. This movie, there ain't any suspense. I didn't feel any. I just felt that they were going through the motions. Um... I knew how it was going to turn out I, in my mind and it act, happened to actually turn out exactly the way I thought and it, yes it went wrong a little bit I mean what they did they didn't expect to do yeah but still it is kind of dull what they actually did apart from the spectacle of looking at what they do but after a minute or so I was like kind of over it and they drag it out for a while yes like, I felt that too yeah where you know like when you say sometimes when there's a fight scene in a movie and yep. it's long and you're kind of like, okay, I Car understood chases. that in five minutes. I understood right. that in 15 seconds. Well, what they were doing, in 15 seconds I understood it. You could have just skipped to it being done. 
and I would have been fine with it. But obviously that was the set piece, right? So, yeah, this has tons of extras, like tons of extras. So I will go through what there is. There's two alternate endings. Were they better than the They're real ending? They're not alternate endings, though. That's mis... They're not alt- Even though... I'm just I'm saying what it says. I'm not correcting you. Yeah. I'm not correcting you. I'm correcting them. They aren't alternate endings at all. They're just parts of the epilogue that they just chopped off. Epilogue is at the end, right? Yeah. It, they just chopped them off, is all. There's no alternate... There's yeah, no alternative. one's 15 months later, and the other one is, too. But it's not an alternate... No, it's I'm, not an alternate, Well, yeah. no question. They're not alternate endings, but even though it says it, they are. They are... Um, it's an epilogue in two parts. That's what I'm thinking. Um, the first part of it is completely... Erroneous. And the second part of it is, if you're... You Erroneous. Know, <laughs> well, the second part of it is a bit more interesting than the first, but the first to me was like, well, whatever. Um, all right. There's also, in this movie, there's lots of stuff that can't be... Um, isn't In a million years, it would never happen. Oh, absolutely. Um, you have to... Def- Physics doesn't come into this movie. Forget physics. And forget weight and mass. Forget that. Um, I disagree with that a little bit because I did question it a little bit. And then when I watched the extras and they were really doing the thing I thought was absolutely impossible. Um, not to spoil well. anything, I looked up how much something like that would weigh. Oh, right. Um, what happened would not right. have happened at all. Like, I mean, it would never have... So, yeah. Um, you know, there'd be none of that because it would be just after you've watched this movie. Just it wasn't th- solid. No, after you've well, you know, in the boxes when yeah. you get the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, things like that are not yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting. At. Uh, you will know exactly what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about when you see the movie. Uh, so there's two um, alternate endings, not alternate endings. There's deleted and alternate scenes, and there's quite a lot of them. And I don't remember any of them. And we just watched them all. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't remember any. Well, I do remember them. And I kept saying to you, was that different than what was in the movie? It was that kind of... Might have been one line different or something. Exactly. There's a gag reel, which was... A little bit produced. We don't need to explain what a gag reel is. But this one wasn't just gag reel. It was like they tried to piece it together as if it was... And when I say all the comedy has gone out of the movie, kind of, this gag reel didn't contain what was gone. <laughs> it didn't get lost in the gag reel. No, they didn't pull it out and stick it in the two minute. Even gag when reel. they were supposed to be laughing it up, making mistakes, it wasn't funny. No, is that what you're saying? Uh, there's the Tower Heist video diary, which is like Brett Ratner's famous for having a video diary on his set, uh, actually manned by himself. Um, this is like a, a oddly nobody really. Brett Ratner never talks to the camera, explaining what is happening. It was an oddly um, dull video diary. It was just kind of like, nobody, they just point the camera at... Yeah, but I liked it. Did you? I didn't. Absolutely. I'm sick of little interviews and little... No, I don't want interviews and stuff. And on the fifth day, it was that. I want fly on the wall stuff, like what it was. Yeah. But this one was oddly, um, it's just like literally somebody might say something occasionally, but most of the time they don't. I don't don't like it as much. It had some title cards like a silent movie to show you kind of, this is what the vibe we're going to give. Right. Uh, I thought it was fine. In fact, I thought it kind of... He's famous for um, video documenting movies, Brett Ratner, and what he does. And same with this. He puts it up on his website. So if you are a fan, you've probably seen this. You're seeming particularly negative today, but you're not very negative usually. So it must be something really you dislike about this movie. 
you. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you are never this negative about things, really. So it's just interesting. I just didn't like it. I know, but even things you don't like, you usually are, you know. No, I didn't like the documentary. I would I just, I just didn't like it. But I'm saying he is famous for doing that. And uh, if you are a fan, you'll probably have seen it. Because it, during the making of this, he would have posted all that. Right, right. Um, there's a feature commentary by Brett Ratner, the editor Mark Helrich, and the co-writers Ted Griffin and Jeff Nathanson. Um, there is also a the you know you control. Now the you control is interesting because there's like it looks like you're going to get this isolated score, the music of <laughs> yeah. Tower Heist. I forgot. So you go along and you can click all the tracks. You know it tells you when you're watching the movie and there's music playing and it's an instrument. It's a uh, classical score pretty much mainly. Um, when it plays, you can pop up this thing and it. Classical? That was like jazz, rocky kind of background. No, it's, it's, it's all done by an orchestra. It's I know, all... but it's not... Okay, I guess... Orchestral. Like Mozart or orchestral. Music. Right, okay. Um, a score, like The Dark Knight or something. Like a score. It's right. not music. It's not like, let's play... It's not music. No, it's not songs. Like It's not like, is Bill Haley in the comments rock around the clock while they're doing the stuff. It's not that. It's not a soundtrack. It, no, it's a score. Right. So... What you do is on the U control is you see this musical note and you can click it and it tells you what that piece of music is called, who it was composed by. And I thought, well, you can isolate that score and listen to it. That's cool. So you press the button, it takes you to this playlist menu <laughs> where it looks like you're getting the whole soundtrack to listen to. But no, you click each one and then you say, and then it sends you to iTunes to go and purchase Correct. each track. Which is handy if you don't know what the, if you really love a piece of music in the movie. That's handy, but it's kind of a miss. Yeah, thing. I thought it would also be like you could watch the movie, remove the dialogue and the sound effects. Yeah, isolated score, which yeah. The Dark Knight actually had on it, which was great. You could just literally... It had a separate soundtrack that was just the music. So if you wanted to watch the visuals with no dialogue and just listen to how good the music was, you could. Did you like the music in this movie? It had like yeah. a, it had a memorable theme tune. It had the pushy kind of dun, 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 like a tried to build the suspense and the kind of coolness about underdogs doing their thing more than it was really actually. In the movie. And I don't like I know you don't like to compare things, <laughs> but this movie had a score. Well, you know when the opening credits start and it because that gives you an instant. It was just black with the music playing. And the, and the people's names. But the music can give you a vibe to the movie, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it does, does, does. And it gave me the vibe immediately of the Ocean's Eleven movie. It's kind of that, like, um, jazzy too, slash... Too, school, too cool for school. Cool. And uh, maybe that's what they were... I was just thinking then, maybe... I mean, this is... Obviously, Ocean's Eleven's yeah. an on... I didn't like Ocean's Eleven either, funnily enough. And that's a heist movie. It was too... Too many people trying to be too cool, like... That's what ruined that one for me. The heist was actually pretty interesting in the Ocean's Eleven movie, but uh, it was just, we're all cool. Here's Ultra this thing. cool. Yeah, like, so maybe that's kind of what they were going for here, but missed the mark a bit. <laughs> um, there's also, um, you control um, picture in picture where you get a bit of, like, animatics and stuff for the special effects. Um, that's all right. And there's also this new thing where you can... Uh, flick the special effects onto your iPad or back onto the TV which Universal do now call Flick View so if it's in the picture in picture but you don't want it there you can flick it down onto your iPad and watch it on your iPad 
You mean like they do on Avatar? Yeah, just light up, actually. Right. Yeah. But how can... But what are you flicking it with? If you just watch There's it There's a button TV? to bring it from there to here, oh, and right. then you flick it back to the TV. That's okay. why it's called Flick View. You okay. can flick it back and it goes onto the TV. Okay. Which is a cool concept, but I'm not really for... You need having, the monitors of Avatar to make it look really good. I'm also not for having uh, your iPad on your knee while you're watching a movie. It's, it seems distracting. Yeah, we're going to be left behind in this gen- in our generation because the new generation is going to think it's fine to have a phone and I mean, Hollywood are telling you nowadays that watch this your is movie the way to watch a movie. Have your, your phone, have your phone in your hand and get all the special features while you're watching the movie. That is how they want you to do it. Um, it's not my way. No. I'm old-fashioned. Um... So yeah, that's it. Uh, Tower Heist, special edition. I don't know why it's the special edition. What's special? Read it. I'm sure it's... I mean, there was no extended version of the movie. It's just... Get the the two uh, not alternate endings, just... Yeah, it's probably (laughs) that. Um, So, as you know from the rest of the podcast, I disliked... I mean, actually, tell a lie, no. Um, Like I said earlier, it was fun, but it was empty to me. Okay. It was fun. I can't say I w- was bored, because I was interested in go- it going along. But after it's over, it's over. I don't want to go back. I don't... You know? I agree. See, That's the kind of I know everybody it. loved The Devil Wears Prada, for example. I now, never want to visit that again. Absolutely. I watched it. As I was watching it, all I could think of was, and like you said, I don't like to compare things. So when I am comparing it, that means something's terribly wrong. And all I could think of was... Uh, Coyote Ugly. And, okay, we have this girl. And it she must do some. No, I don't mean quality. Oh, right, I right. mean, it was nothing other than the quality of individual elements. And then when it's over and everyone's just raving about it, I'm like, what the fuck? Because it is who it is. Anne Hathaway, I love her. Um, Glenn Close. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. <laughs> See? They blur See? together. Fantastic as she is. But as a movie... It left me with nothing. No nothing. And this one, individual elements of it really catch my eye and got me to giggle and got me going, oh my god, that's so awesome. Well, you must have been rolling your eyes at parts and you must have been... There were times... Uh, you know what? I think it was more neutral than annoyed like you. I was just like... I recommend it for like an afternoon of fun. If you're going to the red box or you're just downloading something to watch or whatever, you know, and you just want to watch something... That's literally what it Absolutely. is. It's a, you know, 90 minutes, no, nearly two hours long. Where the hell's Eddie Murphy these days? Well, there you go. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's literally um, a two-hour movie that you will either, I don't think any, uh, there's going to be some who love. Sure. Most, I think, will just say, it was all right. I think that's the kind of reaction it will get. It was all right. I disagree with you. I think most Not, people it was really shit. like it. And some people be like you and I, they're almost neutral. And I don't think it's shit, because like I said to you, the, the, the movie is great. Like, I mean, they, they do some interesting things. It, it's well put together, which is kind of what you expect from a Hollywood movie, but... Yeah. It's well put together. It's just, it just didn't... And, I, and I'm... The, I, literally, my favorite genre of movie, almost, is heist, right? Yes. I always mention it to you, like, I wish people would do more heist movies. This is not enough. And I just realized, although we have the element of, of a bad guy, asshole, dude, or whatever, there's still no, there's still no hardcore, there's no big threat, really. Mm. There's no big, it's pretty That's what I was neutral. getting at. The elements of a heist, what you're supposed to have, were kind of not, uh, not all there. 
Mm. I mean, they were. They tried to with the Eddie Murphy character. It just didn't work for me. Like, really? I mean, they tried to add an element, add elements of, you know, wild card. Uh, yeah, so that is Tower Heist. <laughs> Thanks, the, Universal. The tagline, <laughs> the tagline is... Who stole all the comedy? (laughs) And if Universal's celebrating 100 years, let's keep going. Let's keep it going. At the beginning of this movie, um, there's a 100 Years of Universal trailer where it shows you clips from all movies. You know, not all the movies, but a lot of famous movies that you will know and love. This one is not in there. Well, there's a few on there that shouldn't be considered classics. (laughs) Yes. There are. This one is sort of a notch in their belt because look at the cast. Yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not stupid. This sells to a certain audience. Absolutely. It really does. I mean, look at the faces on that poster. That's the reason that poster looks like it does. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Thanks to Universal. Contest. Want to enter a contest? Go to com. You can enter one. Next week's Blu-ray review will be... Hey, it's not on there. Why is it not on there? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? When I'm looking at... Not this one. That one. J. Edgar. Right, right but look on there. It's not there. It's just down a little ways. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. All right, yeah. You're the computer guy, and you don't... I, don't, I just don't have it on the web view. It. You know what I mean? Next week's review is Clint Eastwood's J. Edgar, which um, there. I adore I'm looking forward to the that. Blu-ray cover. I, Very I think nice. that is a good cover. It'd be a good poster. It would be a really good Minus poster. the words. Yeah, I think it looks really Just good. the image. So yeah, J. Edgar is next week's Blu-ray review. Um, so what do we do now? What's this content? What's this um, game? There's play? a game coming up and it's called Write That Line. Nice. Write That Line. R-I-G-H-T. As in, correct that line. Or decide if the line from a movie, a very famous line from a movie, is correct or incorrect as it is given to one of the contestants. Tonight, you'll be delivering the line. I will be guessing whether the line is correct or incorrect. Now, A. Scully, go. And Sid Talk, write that line. That's my dude, that's my music. Oh shit, I think I might have ruined at write that line this week because I'm reading what I've wrote and it doesn't look right. What are you <laughs> Hold on. That's hilarious. Oh. Then you, if you know the correct answer then you can present it to I don't me. actually oh. <laughs> test me. Let's see. No, it's not gonna work because I've wrote down the wrong thing. I can thing. confirm it. Tell me what you got and I'll try to make my guess and I'll All look right. it up real quick. It's from the movie. Well, you know what movie it's from. Okay. I'm the king of the world. Right. Titanic? Yes. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. (laughs) That is correct. All right. I'm the king of the world. I think it's actually wrong. So... Nope. I'm the king of the world. He gets on the bow, on the front. Is it called the bow of the bridge? Don't look at that, though, for the... Oh, you're looking at the clip. Why can't I look at something? I'm just saying that might be wrong, what somebody says on YouTube. It's a clip. Oh, did they actually allow the clip to be on YouTube? That is correct. Play it loud so we can hear it. (laughs) All right. Let me turn it up. This is riveting. Here it comes. I don't hear it. 
So you was correct. <laughs> well, with lots of screaming and stuff. See, I wrote down, I'm the king of the world, and then in brackets I write the answer so I know. And I wrote, this is wrong because there is no the. And then I was reading it going, so if there's no the, it's I'm king of the world. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> but you might have said, I'm king of the world. Yeah. I'm the king of the world. So I win a point. And I get extra bonus points for looking it up. Maybe he doesn't say the in the quote that I read. AFI's 100 movies of the... He didn't say the. Because that, that, I did write that down. Right. It says, I'm king of the world. Let me listen. I'm... He does say the. Yep. A, he definitely does. All I'm right, so you are correct. of the world. All right, movie recommendations this week. I am going for my first one is based on Brett Ratner and it's Rush Hour, the original Rush Hour, which I still kind of like to this day. It's kind of fun. Um, and the second one, based on Ben Stiller, is Tropic Thunder, written and directed by him. Um, very, very funny. Way more laughs than this movie. <laughs> and I thought Tropic Thunder was a little bit... Mm, I liked it. I don't know. Just Any movie just... with um, Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. But... It's just it's just so outrageously weird. It's funny. Plus it also has your dude. Steve. It has Steve Coogan. Not yep. for long. <laughs> <laughs> and my recommendations, I have a few. I'm going to start with the one that obviously is very... Two of them that are very obvious. But one of them because Eddie Murphy starts in sort of street clothes, ends up in a nice suit and tie. It reminded me of Trading Places. Absolute classic. Even you can't deny that that movie is freaking hilarious. Right? I mean, I'm telling you it is, so you can't argue with that. And then the other one is because it also smacked of when he's 48 hours. I'm telling you, Eddie Murphy did was good back in the 80s. I just but again, always the same. There's no yeah, we're not talking about. But the charm, the thing that captured us then, it is what it is. And then I've got two other things, three other things that we just got to talking about. I noticed Quantum Leap on something I was looking at. I said I liked Quantum Leap, but I really liked Sliders. Which is probably really horrible now if I went back, but I really liked it. Where they went into different dimensions. And it's on Netflix, right? The worlds were, I don't know, the world was always different. One where women ruled the world, one where technology stopped at the turn of the century, you know, blah, blah, blah. I really liked that show. I was obsessed with it a little bit, never missing it. You right. know, back in the day when you had to wait for a TV show to come on yeah, and then watch absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> back in the day. And then I also, we got on the topic of Dream On, which I'm going to also look up and watch it again. It was one of my favorite shows in the early 90s. Started in the 1990, went for six years. We yeah, didn't I, even I didn't, realize. I probably watched one year of it. It was mesmerizing. It was like nothing you'd ever seen on HBO. It was their first comedy show that they ever made of their own. And it was, again, I was only a teenager, but, well, 1990. Yeah, no, just the end of my teenagehood. And then uh, the last one was, and I'm going to stick by this, I think Wings was awesome. I loved it then. I watch it now and I still think it's hilarious. All right. So that's recommendations for this week. And you cheated because that was not two recommendations. I did. I gave you a few extra information. All right. So games and A-Scully stuff this week. I have been playing a game on the Wii. And this marks the last game on the Wii ever. Uh, Well, Nintendo published. So Nintendo... Who actually are the makers of the Wii are actually done with the Wii. This is the end of the Wii as far as they're concerned. So the the game that they put out this week was Rhythm Heaven Fever, which is the... I think it's the 
fourth Rhythm Heaven game. You've seen Rhythm Heaven games before. I, I played them on the DS. Oh, I haven't them. seen them, though. Did you never play the DS one? Mm-mm. Never even see me play it? I don't think so. This follows the same um, spirit as that. And um, what did you think of Rhythm? You've seen a lot of Rhythm Heaven Fever over the week. Yeah. I, I mean, it looks really hard to me. I, Why I is it? Is it? It's a music game. Yeah. Um, but not like your typical game. music game. It's not um, Rock Band. Even though it shares some characteristics from a game like Rock Band. Keeping in time to the beat. I heard it more than I watched it. I'm not sure if you didn't know that I wasn't looking at it most of the time. I was listening to it mostly. Right. Mmm, pow, mmm, pow, mmm, pow, mmm, pow. That kind of thing over and over and over and over. Because it's a rhythm game. What, is, what does she say to the wrestler? Hey, that true. 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 A luchador wrestler, as we just said, and keeping in time. You're the wrestler. You have to. When she asks you a question, you have to press the button to answer it. Now, the unique thing about this game is it only uses two buttons to play the entire game: the A button and the B button. One's underneath the Wiimote, one's on top of the Wiimote. You either press A, you either press B, or you press A and B together. That right. is it. That's as far as the gameplay extends. It looks really hard to me, though. If you cannot keep a tune keep a beat you won't be very good at it too much pressure I'm pretty good at it because I've played the whole series I know what they expect from me it gets very hard as it goes on they ask you to do syncopated beats further on where it's like every third beat you have to hit that kind of thing that throws some people if they don't know I know he's pretty good 15 years old yep. seems like pretty good at it um, so yeah, Rhythm Heaven Fever. It's a, it's twenty nine ninety nine, which is cheap for a Wii game. They've kept it lower, but there's loads of content in it. There's even a two player mode that I played last night with my nephew. We it definitely would be fun to sit around with a bunch of friends on a goofy night and just play it's not for easy several though. hours. I mean, while the visuals look very simplistic and easy, like something that like a Wii Brain Sports anybody could do. Yeah, it's not like that. It's you have to actually you will fail badly. You have to. Keep doing it, keep doing it, getting Multiple better, times, getting better. Yeah. Um, it's very, very fun. I highly recommend it. It's an awesome way for the Wii to um, have its final bow. I mean, it's a good game to go out on because it's, you know, it's not Zelda or Mario. It's one of their lesser-known franchises that actually is a really good game. Um, I've heard nothing but praise for it all week, and I understand why. I was hooked on the DS game. And when I finished the DS game, it was like um, Elite Beat Agents, the one that I loved mm-hmm. on the on the DS, where it was like a dancing game. I always wanted more of it, and there was no more. And then when I heard there was a Wii version, I was like, yeah, that's how to do it, because we've only ever played it on a little screen, so a new big version of it is cool. I didn't even know the next one happened. Uh, and the next uh, thing I've been playing this week is Mass Effect 3, which is the latest Mass Effect game. The demo came out this week on Xbox Live. My eyes twitching for some reason. You get a good chunk of the game, which I did not play because I don't want the story spoiling for right. me. So there's a single player chunk of this demo that lasts about an hour. And it's an hour of the story. Wow. Which is pretty good for a demo, right? I played about 
five minutes of it and then realised, oh, this seems a bit spoilerish. I'm not carrying on. Right. From what I did see, though, the first five minutes, it's Mass Effect. It looks like Mass Effect 2, which is a good thing, because Mass Effect 2 was awesome. Um, it's a continuation of the story. The thing I'm most excited about is you take your save game from Mass Effect 2 Same over to Mass Effect 3. And if characters died in Mass Effect 2, for you, for you personally, they will not appear in Mass Effect 3. But if they didn't, they will. You know, it's personal. The story continues depending on how you... Uh, but that's kind of shitty because they've put all the people in there. Why not utilize they them? They have, and I lost about five of my ship crew members at the end of 2. Right. But they're dead to me because that's how that game unfolded. But for you, they could have lived, right? Depending right. on what you did. They're dead to me. They're all dead. So it'll be interesting to see... A trivia question. What crappy TV show had that as the line at the end of their... What was it called? Tribal ceremony or whatever it was. You are dead to us. That was Joe Schmo. Oh, yes. They were making fun of The Sopranos. Uh, no. They're making fun of Survivor. Oh, yes. All right, so, um, yeah, that's Mass Effect 3 demo. You can grab that now. It's on the PSN and the Xbox 360 Marketplace. You can, uh, this week, there are some games coming out. There On Tuesday, there will be Syndicate, which is the long-awaited... Uh, Syndicate was a game from, like, the 90s. And um, this is the uh, remake. Well, not a remake. See, I, I, see I'm not, I don't know if I'm keen on this. Because Syndicate was like a uh, top-down, overhead-view kind of shooter. Top-down, overhead-view. You see your men, you move your men. Like, like original like, Grand Theft Auto. Like an RTS-style, like original... Yeah, kind of. Now, this is... They've turned it into a first-person shooter. Right. I feel when you turn something into a first-person shooter, it's kind of just like everything else. Right, okay. And what was cool about Syndicate was this weird view point and stuff but I guess that was cool back in the 90s and now it probably isn't so so yeah they turn it into a first person shooter we'll see on Tuesday what that is going to be like um, another game that's coming out this week on Tuesday is Asura's Wrath which looks interesting to me it's like battling gods and I saw a battle where you're as big as a planet and you're throwing a planet at another Ooh, nice. guy it's not a fighting game it's like a story um, looks really interesting that, <laughs> You're as big as a planet throwing a planet at another guy. But it's not a fighting game. Yeah, it's not It's not like Street Fighter. Right. It's more like a uh, Devil May Cry or something like that, like an actual story. Um, and also this week, it's February's new Modern Warfare 3 map pack, which consists of exactly one map this month. They gave us two last month and spoiled us, so this month we just get one. It's called Overwatch. It comes out on Tuesday takes place on top of a skyscraper, which is a first for Modern Warfare, or for Call of Duty, as far as I know. On top of a skyscraper, and you can get knocked off and fall 30 stories down. Sounds interesting. It's a very small map. There's scaffolding to run across. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, because it is a bit of a diversion from what they normally say, do. Doesn't that sound a bit try too hard or is that just trying to add variety to a game that's pretty much run out of variety well they've had funny uh, interesting maps before mm. like they're not just I mean when you think of Modern Warfare you think of we're we're in a city there's buildings or it's a countryside there's yeah. fences and bales of hay to hide behind this is different but it's just it's a construction site on top of a skyscraper so they're building a skyscraper 
I don't know why they're fighting on top of a skyscraper. Say, what? How did the Maybe war end up on top of a skyscraper? I don't know, but uh, it looks like it will be a fun time for multiplayer. So that comes out on Tuesday. So if you're a Call of Elite, a Call of Duty Elite member, you'll get that automatically on Tuesday. And that is it. That's it for games and school stuff this week. What have you got? What's for dinner? First off. What's for dinner is what you can smell deliciously floating through the air all day. Crock pot. Yes. Cooked. Yellow split pea curry, which is just yellow split peas put in the crock pot with some water and some spices. Cooked it all day. So it comes out kind of semi... They have the exact right te- texture because I looked it up. I want to make 100% sure. They get a little bit mushy, but then they have a little bit of bite to them. It tastes kind of, a bit peaish. Yep, tastes pea, Like potato. a mushy peas to me. Right. I made some rice to go with that. We're going to have some toasted tortillas. And then uh, been re- making rice with some peas and corn thrown in. Just like a little handful of each. For some reason, it makes it amazing, yeah, doesn't I, it? Yeah, I think like, it does too. Really good. It just adds something, doesn't and it? And then I'll probably just throw you a veggie burger in the oven I as actually well. figured that out. You know, if you just make some canned soup, it's usually fairly unsatisfying because it's just soup. Mm-hmm. If you just drop some frozen peas yeah. and corn in the soup when you microwave it, it makes it like a different, like a meal instead of like, yeah, it's weird. Because soup to me is pretty, it's really nice. I like the way it tastes, but I don't feel like I've Because I say, we mostly meal. buy soup that's not like, it's not like chunky soup. It's no, not it's not like, like noodles. A, it's smooth soup. Either the puree or I drink, sometimes just get veggie broth and heat it and up. And while I love the taste of a smooth pureed soup, it's really lovely, right? But... After you've ate, you, after you've ate, you're like, uh, okay, I need something. You know what else. I put in my um, squash soup last week was I crunched up corn chips and threw it in there, right? And then I got busy on the yeah, phone at work. And they kind of soaked up the soup, and that was really good. And then we're having who knew cookies for dessert, which we've discussed in the past. They're very delicious, nutrition rich, high fiber cookies. That's what they're, they say. They're basically Oreos, but like um, with fiber in them. Yeah. Yeah. And they taste great. Don't they're not the good white. For you. Um, Better than Oreos. High nutrition. Yeah. Just Uh, doesn't mean that they're, you know. Also this week, uh, just uh, on a side point, because that is what was for dinner, right? Mm -hmm. You changed your schedule because you've changed your job. Correct. Uh, How did it go? Well, got the same job, but I went from night shift to day shift. Which is a big change. It is a big change. But then again, it's felt pretty smooth. I mean, as far as work went, there was lots of tasks I've never done in the whole 13 years. I've been at the same job. But because of the time of day and the days of the week flipping around, I used to work end of the week night shift, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Now I'm working the beginning of the week, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Therefore, there are just tasks. I work in a data center for Information Technology Services Division. Therefore, there's lots of technical things that in the daytime have to be done that at nighttime, different. And I have had no problems. I'm not used to people. There have been many... More times that I've been alone for 12 hours at my job than with people at all. Like, I walk in the door, I tell our shift, I'm the supervisor, tell everybody what to do. And there's only four of us anyway, or there used to be, now there's three. They go off to the other room to do production and output. And I'm in that room alone for 12 hours, and Mm. I freaking love it. I... That's the thing that is adjusting to me, is to have someone always around, like... Either literally coming right up to me. A lot of people, of course, who knew my name but never knew me because they knew of me but never had met me. Oh, good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. Pleasant little conversation. Then they go away. Here comes somebody else. Then they go away. So I'm getting used to that. I don't make friends very well because, I don't know, I'm not institutionalized. Um, 
if something happens, everyone shakes and shakes in their shoes and says, oh, somebody's going to get fired over this. This, this is going to be bad. And I have zero fear of anything. I don't give a shit. What I do, if I do something wrong and the governor, this is ultimately our boss, walks up to me and says, hey, Sid Talk, why'd you screw that up? You cost this this department $50 to fix that or whatever, $50,000, which of course I've never done anything like that. But even if it was that severe, I'd be like, well, here's what happened. Here's why I made the mistake. Um, let's move on. I have no fear of anybody or anything. And that really bothers people. I don't pander to it. I don't encourage it. If somebody sits there whining and mulling and whining and bitching and moaning about, oh, I did this and oh, I'm going to, oh, how am I going to, uh, maybe I shouldn't say something. Maybe I should, oh God, I don't, I don't know. What should I do? I just say, pick up the phone and call the person and ask them the question you want to ask. Even if you screwed up and you need to fix it, fix it. Right. And then let's move on. I don't understand the mentality of being afraid. I just don't. I'm not afraid in life. I'm not afraid at my job. I don't care if I lose my job. Ultimately, it doesn't define me. It pays my bills. There's always going to be something I can find. I don't care what it is. I'll find a way to pay my bills. I might have to give up some luxuries. I don't have children to feed. So this obviously affects my point of view on the subject. Other people do have children to be responsible for. That's a whole different ball of wax. I can't argue with their feelings. I can't, you know. But as an adult, with grown, they, even just having that constant conversation, and it seems pretty constant, of fear and paranoia and who's looking over your shoulder and, oh my God, you better not screw up. And there's lots of gossip and there's lots of whispering. Like I said, I felt like I was on a playground one day. There were two women sort of stood off to the side and it's relatively noisy where we work anyway, but so I couldn't quite hear. And they were literally shoulders pointed away from me, talk, talk, talking. It wasn't about me. It was about some other issue. And I said, was there something I need to know, ladies? Um, uh, they looked at each other like, like they're two little girls in trouble. And these are two 40, 45-year-old women. Oh, no. Blah, 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 blah. And I just don't get it. I'm not that person. I don't. Everyone asked me. Do you need to go take a break? Would you like to get out of here? Do you want to go take a break for a while? Do you want to go upstairs? Do you want to go eat your lunch? And here I am sitting with my cup of soup right next to me. I have always worked while I eat. I don't take a break. Because at night, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And it's not like we're building a roof or we are prison guards or we are emergency workers or we are teachers or something where there's high stress every minute of your job so that when you walk away for 15 minutes you get to go oh decompress i never feel that kind of pressure because i have everything under control at all times shit may hit the fan and five things might go wrong and i get a grasp i get a grasp on it very quickly i pick my priorities very quickly I fix this, then I fix that, then I fix that, and then we move on. And I never feel stressed out to where at the end of it I have to go, oh my god, I gotta get out of this room for 20 minutes. We also work in a basement with no um, windows or any knowledge of the out. It's a secured area, so you don't have any sunlight, you don't have anything. It's all fluorescent-y kind of lights, and some people are intimidated by that. I don't know. I just guess I'm not, I'm not an in-the-box kind of person. And, and uh, the only other issue we had is, like, we don't know what day it is sometimes. <laughs> and, like, we forgot to put the bin out because it... Right. Just, 
things like that. All Waking around, up going, wait, today's wait. supposed to be trash day, but normally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. But apart from that, switching around is fairly easy. Yeah. It's an adventure. It's a little bit of an adventure. But it is weird that you're at work tomorrow. It seems weird yeah. to me. Because like, normally we do our podcast and then you've got a couple of days off. So it is weird this week. True. And it'll always be this way. We'll always be doing Saturday. Yes. The other thing I'm learning is, you know, I've watched people this week and I'm trying to figure out for myself, get to work, have one cup of coffee, and about I get there at about six thirty. And then at about eight thirty nine I'll make I've been making me a bowl of oatmeal. Eight thirty nine precisely. Around that time, yeah. Eight thirty nine. Eight thirty nine. Eight thirty or nine o'clock. Oh. I make me some oatmeal, a little bit of cranberries, a little bit of dried coconut. These are things I've been researching that people have found, just you know, randomly, but pretty convinced that you eat something like that, it gives you energy, it doesn't make you feel like, oh my god, I've got to go back to sleep, because I've always been bad about that in the daytime. So to me, that's another challenge. Like, how do I keep through this 12-hour, 13-hour day, essentially, 12 and a half hours or whatever, and not feel miserable and I'm not a clock watcher either everyone in the daytime seems to me to be a lot clock watcher I can't even count the many the times I heard oh it's only 8 o'clock oh it's only 9.30 oh my god it's only 11 o'clock oh it's only 1.30 oh it's only 2 o'clock and it's not it's everybody and I don't it doesn't even occur to me because I figure I'm here for 12 hours why am I counting unless I have a task that needs to be done at 10.15 a.m. and I need to make sure I get it done on time and I do, that's it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be leaving in less than 12 hours, so why would you obsess over the clock? Hmm. The busier you stay, the more you keep your mind stimulated and keep yourself occupied, um, time will disappear. And I also had a couple conversations where I realized I'm the kind of person not a lot of people like at work. Because I will engage myself and make up my own projects. I will rewrite instructions that maybe aren't well written so that everyone will have a better version. Or I will take on board comments other people have made about something we do, a form that we fill out that isn't very good anymore and needs to be updated. I'll do that. I will sit and open a Word document like the other day and I'm thinking to myself, there's no schedule typed up for day shift on these little tasks that I'm not aware of. I'm going to make a full out every task that I need to be aware of. I'm going to make a time to schedule, fill in the details of each task so that I and other people who might come to day shift will have it. Because right now the way I'm being trained is one person says, oh, well, I think at around... It's kind of, I don't know, around 8 o'clock we do this, but we don't always do that, and sometimes we ignore it, and sometimes we don't, and then, well, we kind of sort of want to get this done by noon, but it doesn't really matter, and I want a list. Even though I don't like routines and schedules, I still need a guideline, and I think, oh, that'd be a good project. I'll make a really well-organized daily schedule so I can look at it and visualize my day and know when I'm going to have downtime and know when I'm going to be busy and that if I can plan it that way so people don't like that they don't like it when they come up and see that i have an excel spreadsheet open and a word document what's that oh i'm i found this procedure that's like eight years old so i thought i'd go ahead and do some research and figure out how we can make it better and fill in some stuff and we've got these handwritten notes so i'm going to type them up and put it in the book oh did, did somebody tell you to do that no i was just looking through the book reading up on these procedures and 
I figured it'd be helpful. There's 20 of us who have to use these and nobody knows, you know, we don't have one set. Oh, oh, why, why are you doing it? it? Looks really boring. Or I don't know how to use that Excel or I don't know how to use that word. Oh, I can show you. No, no, no. That's okay. If I learn how, then I'm going to have to use it, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, whatever. So, you know, I don't know. I'm going to have to just, uh, yeah. I don't know. All right, so uh, any, oh, you've got other stuff. Well, I just have a little bit of advice, and it just sort of comes around from various things. Nothing specific, but think about, as an individual, why, and I think I've said this before, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you think the way you think? Why do you live the way you live? Like, think about the sources of this information. Who taught you how to think what to believe, who told you this is what's expected of you and this is how you should be. Consider the source, maybe. Because, you know, I'm not a puppet. My parents gave me input, my mother gave me lots of good advice, and I observed lots of bad things from her that I don't engage in. Just because I was taught something doesn't mean that makes it good for my life. So maybe you can let go of a few things that you realize, right, that person was pretty much full of shit when they crammed this down my throat all my life because I don't think that way, but I'm living that way anyway. I'm going to let it go. So don't be a puppet. So Eddie Murphy, listen to that. <laughs> all right, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sitar.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed on com, and the iTunes Music Store are the places you can find this podcast. You can also just listen to the podcast on com. There's a, what do you call it? Play button. Yeah. Just play it. Also on the-, on the RSS feed, you can just play it from there as well. Yes, you can. So Google Reader is your friend. Well, I mean, um, you can actually just play, if you go to, what's it called? Where your feed, feed is. Feedburner. Yeah, just com. a Scully Feedburner thing, and you can just play them from there as well. I did forget, too. We watched Comic Book Men. Maybe we'll discuss it next week after we've watched a couple episodes. Yeah, there'll be another one tomorrow night, won't there? Yeah, Comic Book Men, Kevin Smith's... Um, Comic Book Men. <laughs> Comic Book Men is on AMC on Sunday nights. Uh, we did watch it. Yeah, I think we should watch another one before we give our... Um, what we think. I agree. Um, Walking Dead also restarted. Personally, I thought it was rather uneventful, that first episode. Um, you got to start setting beginning. things up again a little yeah, bit, yeah. so that's okay. That's um, okay with me. So yeah, those are back. Uh, Sunday nights will never be the same again. Oh, Amazing Race. Yeah. Amazing Race starts tomorrow. If anyone doesn't know, I love Amazing Race. I want to watch it from three or four different countries again. We watch it. We watch the Australian one as well. Yeah. I was going to say Canada, but no, that was there is no Canada's British, next no top British model. No British one. Britain have never done it. British people don't go anywhere. <laughs> the only race around the island. <laughs> yeah. Um, That'd be all right. Oh, yeah, Survivor is back, too. I don't know if you like Survivor anymore. I haven't watched Survivor for about five years. No, didn't think so. I'd be curious just to look at it again, but I'm not. It is back, though. came back this week. All right, so, um, yeah, that's everything you can catch us. You can email me, aschoolie.com, if you want to leave me some uh, email. Uh, don't email Sid Talk. And um, stay classy, Mr. Ben Stiller. Um Yes, and not Mr. Eddie Murphy. Not classy <laughs> <I'm> gonna, at all. <laughs> and I'm going to say, uh, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone's probably already doing it for you. 